broken window garden. Broken window garden. Live improvised. Live improvised. Sound clips live. <laughs> Good afternoon. It is Thursday, November twenty fifth, two thousand twenty one, four o five p.m. You're listening to the Broken Window Garden. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It wasn't enough to sort of attend to what the people were doing, but they were uh, had to recognize that they were relating to all sorts of other beings. Some of them were visible, like animals and plants, and some of them were not so visible, uh, like spirits. And all of these beings were part of um, the forest. Not that I'm necessarily writing or trying to be creative or anything like that right now, but I notice sometimes when you, if, if with a little bit of sleep deprivation, I think you, I think you end up being more creative. Sometimes when I'm writing, I feel like so the line between dreaming and reality gets a little more blurred when you've sort of lost, sort of, sort of when you're when you're not sleeping as much. Whereas if you have too much sleep. I think all, all the creativity ends in sort of the randomness and sort of the things that your brain sort of is a conduit for ends up sort of happening while you're sleeping. The summers are nice, but the winters are really harsh, and there's something about that dynamic, I think, that, that uh, I don't know, it's, it's nice to have seasons, and I think the seasons affect your creativity, you know, it's not so much productive or not productive as much, it's just, it's just a different tone, you're kind of always changing scenes a little bit, and no matter what you're going through, there's sort of a, 
liquidity and, and variation back and forth that sort of I think can be healthy and kind of moves you forward and is enough movement to, to sort of get everything else to ride on it. I'm doing the best fucking work of my life. Yeah. I'm doing the best fucking work of my life. What I'm arguing is that uh, the thing that's disappeared is a sense of difference or a sense of spe the specificity, uh, the sense of culture belonging to a specific moment. That is what has disappeared um, in the 21st century. So there's now a feeling that nothing ever really dies, but that's not good. That means that we are um, assailed on all sides by kind of zombie forms which persist forever uh, by revivals. Anything can come back. There's a, there's a kind of what you, we might say excessive tolerance for um, the archaic. What I'm arguing is that uh, the, the thing that's disappeared is a sense of difference or a sense of spe the specificity, the uh, sense of culture belonging to a specific moment. That is what has disappeared um, in the 21st century. So there's now a feeling that nothing ever really dies, but that's not good. That means that we are um, assailed on all sides by kind of zombie forms which persist forever uh, by revivals, anything can come back. There's, uh, there's a kind of what you might say excessive tolerance for uh, the archaic.
post-World War II white affluence um, in, the, in the cities. And I, so there was a tree that had just been planted and it had a little water basin around it, right? And that, I filled it with water and made it a lake and I built all these little camps around the lake. And I, <laughs> I took the box our washing machine came in and made it uh, my house and uh, collected food and all sorts of things. So I, I lived, like, like kids, I lived a very um, lively, imaginative world with other things, including my dog, my, you know, my toys. Most of my dolls had polio. Uh, some of them were refugees from Eastern Europe and wore little babushka scarves. <laughs> a lot of my dolls were in iron lungs. <laughs> but I'd never seen an iron lung. We didn't have TV, so I cut them open and I put empty gel gelatin capsules inside them. Because uh, I didn't really know what an iron lung was. I didn't know that the person was encased in the lung. The polio was a big deal in the consciousness of that period. Uh, it was before the vaccine. It is a memory of the vibrant uh, storytelling world of a child that uses everything around them. And only later do you understand how situated those stories are. You know, the Cold War and uh, the, uh, the, the imagination of uh, Indians uh, and the cowboy and Indian stories that I would play out with those little toys. And only later do you, do you get uh, how you're situated. Uh, in the history of conquest, or in the history of war, or the history of gender, and that those things are, in Kimberly Crenshaw and her colleagues' terms, intersectional. They co-shape they co each other. You don't just add them together, but they co-constitute each other. It's another way of saying becoming. I was just a 12, 13-year-old boy, uh, and it was just a wonderland to me. If I could, I would just do the same thing today that I did then, but it would look funny. <laughs>
Well, you still have plenty there. Eat what you got. And if you finish it up, excuse me, I'll give you a treat. But eat what you got. You want what? You still have some juice in here. No, you finish what you've got. Your juice, your juice, beef, parmesan. <laughs> There's no Mama, no Amadea, no Mrs. Robinson. There's no ceiling. There's no fan. There's no cartoon. That's it. 
Take care, everybody.